Thanks so much, everyone. It's good to greet you all. Um, I thought I would start off by just identifying that there are three types of people in this room right now. First of all, there are people that know me. Secondly, there are people that know my brother and are slightly confused to think, why is Matthew here? And why is he not singing on Sunday at church? So those are the three types of people here. But let me just introduce myself. I've got a picture of me um, and my family, my crazy family, um, which is, uh, first first is is my brother and I. Uh, That was, uh, if it's a guess who, uh, you can take a guess. Maybe you know which one is which. And uh, secondly is it's my family. It's my crazy family and I. Uh, It's my wife, my amazing wife, Amanda, uh, whose mother is here. It's good to see you, Auntie Linda. As well as my two boys, Daniel and Benjamin. Daniel is three years old and Benjamin is one. As you can see, they've all got my ears. And as you'll see from the next photo, my father gave me the ears. So that's where it comes from. And so luckily this fits around them, so it's all good. But uh, I told my father that we have this opportunity to speak today. And uh, Dave gave gave me the topic of talking about faithful fathering. And I said to my dad, Dad, this is finally my time. It is payback time. Because um, my parents are uh, part of the Salvation Army. They still are. And they are currently in the UAE. That is why my dad has a bird on his head over there. Um, but yes, so they are currently in the UAE at the moment and are, are coming down. And we're actually really excited to see them again. But they're actually moving back at the end of November. So it'll be good to have them here. But today I thought I would use my father as a bit of a sermon illustration and a bit of a payback for what he's done to us throughout the years. As, a, as, a, as an okay, an officer's kid, we were often used as a sermon illustration, so I just made 100% sure that he knows this is payback time, and I think he said he would watch, so if he is, then he knows. And my thing, I'm, hopefully my mother hasn't given away too much. But yes, uh, so this is my dad. My dad was born in about 1980. Uh, if you look at him, you might think it's a little bit longer than that. But in um, 1980, he, was, uh, he got married to my amazing mother, Margaret. Um, I'm not too sure when that was, but don't worry. We, we came, the Fantastic Four, as we're calling myself, and my brothers and sisters, uh, we uh, were, were came shortly after that. And um, I remember some stories come to mind of what happened with my father. Uh, and one of the things was the roadmaps uh, in Cape Town. And specifically Cape Town, because I remember at that time we were still young and there was no such thing as GPS, really. So uh, this, is, this was how my father found his way around to visiting all the people and everything. And basically, this would be like an adventure, a secret hunt kind of game, which you would go to the back of the book looking for the street name. And then you would uh, find the street name, and then you would be given a number and a letter combo. And then that number and letter combo would then lead you to the page, first of all. And that number letter combo would lead you to a grid, which is the alphabet at the top and the numbers on the side. And then you would isolate a little bit smaller into a grid where you would then start looking for the said street that you wanted in the first place. Now, this, as you can see, is quite uh, the challenge. So my father was very excited when they brought out the GPS and the Garmin and that gave birth to this idea of the GPS dad, which is what we'll be talking about today. So this GPS is what my father has loved ever since. It goes with him everywhere. And I think Dave also has the same kind of affection for the GPS. 
Um, I, I did try and explain to my father that the phone does exactly the same thing. You don't need a GPS, but he refuses to let it go and goes everywhere with him. So to give this a bit of spiritual context or biblical context, we'll be looking at this idea of the GPS, Dad, in the faithful fathering idea as we look at a very common psalm, which we all know, I'm pretty sure, backwards, and was even mentioned in the prayer room now, is Psalm 23. So if you do have your Bibles with you, it'll be great. Just turn to Psalm 23. We'll be looking at that as we dive a little bit deeper into the idea of faithful fathering. I'll give you a moment. If you are, grab a phone or something that you want to read there as I get a little bit more comfortable. And my wife said I must take deep breaths and slow down. Oh, no, she's, she, 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 even sent, she even gave me some dad jokes to open up with to calm myself. So if you're at Psalm 23, we're going to be looking at this and, and we're going to be diving into the idea of faithful fathering as we look at this because this, um, this passage is normally used in the sense of leadership, in how do we lead and how does Christ lead us. And I wanted to look at this in the sense of faithful fathering the same way. So first of all, the first one we're going to look at is the idea of the G, which is guidance. So the first one being guidance. So the first three, chap- the first three um, verses go like this. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still, uh, besides quiet waters. He restores my soul, and he guides me in the paths of righteousness. Now, um, the idea of a shepherd, you have to understand in this context is um, the, 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 the uh, Hebrew word is sometimes referred to in the word of feeding, of that person who is taking care and feeding, giving the life that they need to continue. And there's a gentleman by the name of Stephen Anderson in his book called uh, the, the Psalms. It was released well, well before I was born and well before or just after my dad, actually, in 1972. Um, and it, the idea of this looks at this concept of how the shepherd actually gives them the food, this feeding, rather than the idea of shepherding. And that was interesting to me because the way that I see guidance in the idea of what we're looking at today is not just the idea of the Lord is my shepherd, but rather that the Lord is close at hand. The, the guidance that God gives is never from afar, but rather the nearness of the Father. So the shepherd cannot stay too far away from the flock, obviously, because the shepherd can be needed at a moment's notice. You have to run and go do something. You have to do it now. And verses 2 and 3 give us this picture of how the Lord, the, 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 the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want, but he makes me lie down. This kind of gives that idea to me of the physical touch of the Father. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And this kind of picture reminded me of a story of my dad. And firstly, you must understand my dad in the pictures you see his physique uh, kind of gives a lot. Um, but back in the day when my dad was at his tip-top uh, performance kind of level, um, my mother used to have to cut his shirts underneath here because he used to break them with his bulging muscles. So this is my father. So, so now, you can understand, and I know I can see it in your eyes, I did not inherit that gene. I told you I got the ears, that's about as far as it went, unfortunately. But we did try. 
So my father did try to train us, and he was gifted a set of training stuff like a bench and all the weights and all of those things. And we, he decided he was going to let us train. So we trained with him. We would wake up at half past four. It felt like a Rocky movie. We would go and run around the block and then come back and do weight training. Now, I don't know if you have brothers or sisters, but I have a twin brother, which makes the competitive edge slightly more in favor of us fighting, if that makes sense. So we were consciously trying to outdo each other the whole time. But my father was always right there. And he would constantly remind us that you need one another. If you want to do heavier weights, you need the other person. And if you want to do the weights, then you have to do it properly. And that was one of the things he hammered on, I remember, that the weight doesn't matter if you're not doing the, the correct motion. And that was one of the things that I remember, just that hands-on training that my father, who was this weightlifter, would tell us. But this kind of picture of Jesus here is giving us this picture of the physically closeness of Christ, the closeness of him being with us, making us lie down in green pastures, lying us beside still waters. He wants us to know what it means and what it feels like to be at peace with him. And this kind of, uh, kind of blends itself to the idea that we as sheep have gone astray. We're trying to wander in our own direction and do our own thing. Where Christ is just pulling us in and this idea of, like my father, just training us, saying, no, you have to, you need one another. You need to be together and kind of bringing us in towards himself. And it means, it's like, a, like he used to say that for us, the idea of the weight is, it means nothing if you want to carry all this weight, you want to do all these things, but if you're not doing it with the right form, then the weight means nothing. And that kind of physical closeness was one of the things that my father guided us through. The guidance of my father was that we would, he was never from a distance, but it was right there while we, while we were there, in the moment, in the green pastures. That's where he was. Second thing we come to is this idea of the, pres or the permission, permission of the father. In verses 4 and 5 where it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. See, this points to the idea that, or the idea to me anyway, that God kind of allows us to go through that time in our lives where we go through the valley of the shadow of death, where we are faced with our enemies, face to face. God allows these things, but he doesn't just let us go. So he brings back, this kind of brings back um, some painful, joyful, and for the people that were with us, very fearful times in our lives when we got our learner license. And I'm sure we all have met lessons or stories about this, and some of us are still getting to that point, and good luck to those that are still getting there. But um, <laughs> I remember quite vividly that um, what would happen was my brother and I would take turns driving to university, and um, I would be first, and then my brother would go. And I remember the, the, the horror of my niece who was in the car. She would say things like, no, Pops, don't let him drive, Pops, please, please, and be crying in the back. But this doesn't deter me because, I mean, I'm, I'm the guy with the big ears, so I don't, I don't really mind. You can say what you want to say. I'm going to try and do this. But I remember sitting in the car and looking at my father's face that he was cringing at the idea of the smelling and the, the, the idea, the sight and the smell of the clutch burning out. 
You know, this, this is what we were so used to, waking up on the every day going to varsity. But I remember one day in particular, we were driving, uh, I was driving, and um, in the car was somewhat awkwardly silent. But my father would look at me and he says, did you even see what you just did? And I looked at him like, I'm driving, we're alive, we're going, you know, it seems fine. And he told me, no, you actually have just drove over two red robots and almost killed everyone in the passenger seat. And everyone's just sitting there just kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my father and thinking, well, geez, we're alive, aren't we? <laughs> you know, thankfully we made it through that. So, I mean, we're alive, we survived. But it's, this reminded me of sometimes those moments, those times when we go through that kind of scary times in our lives. For them, it was the shadow of death and the shadow of other cars coming against us. But for me, it, was this, it felt like something my father actually allowed me to do. I had the permission to drive. And this idea of my father being there still, right next to us, even though he points out what went wrong, he was right there, right there with us. And the same thing goes with God and our relationship with him. He allows us to go into this world. He allows us the opportunities and the, the things that we go through in this time. But it, it also gives us the opportunity to realize that his rod and staff are still with us. His authority is still there. Regardless of the situation, God is still close at hand. But he allows us the opportunity to make those mistakes, to find that, that um, if I can call it, the, 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 the peace in, this, in the chaos of what we go through. And that was what, we, what I got from that, the permission of God that allows us to be in those situations. And lastly is the S, which is the service. And this is kind of where um, it kind of all comes together. Because this is now the last, the last verse of this chapter, and it goes, Surely goodness and love will, be, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This kind of pointed to me the faithfulness of the Father and the love that will follow me for all the days of my life. But all of this is done in the service of love. So the service of love is what comes next. I will always hold to the things my father taught me, all the things that he had allowed me to do, all the sermons that he spoke, everything that he held, and even, even my idea of, I jokingly said to my wife, one day I want to be big and jolly just like him. That was my father. I'll always hold to those things. And I even remember one, uh, specifically one, one sermon he gave um, on John 12, 24, which for me has, has really changed the way that I view my family life because it changes the way that you see things. And it and the said this, and it says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only one seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. See, my earthly father knew this, and understood this kind of idea, and actually died to himself and allowed us to interrupt and be the, the nuisance to his life, if I can call it that. I don't think he would say that, but uh, for me, I can say that in any way. But it really allowed me the chance to realize that it wasn't always about how amazing my father is. It wasn't always about the kind of life or the kind of love that he led but rather 
it, it was the introduction of him to us and the introduction that he gave us to Christ. The introduction of showing us this love that seems to come in wave after wave and keeps it just to continuously sweep us off our feet. So it doesn't matter if we go through the seasons of life where you're learning to drive or if you are uh, trying to pick up more weight and trying to get the form right or what my father always used to tell us is things like the dummy lines on the road. Those kinds of things were important. It was the discipline and things that he gave us, which is important, and the endless CD shuffling moments. My father will know that context. But those CD shuffling, long drives. But honestly, the only thing or the thing that really my life and my father's life points to is the love of Christ. So this GPS of my father that he gave me, this faithful father, was the idea that I am standing before you because he had guided me, guided me, he was near to me, he allowed me permission to do the things that I do, and he allowed me the space to grow in the love of God, but he did all of this because he was doing it in the service of loving God already. So today, it's, it's a, I'm standing here before you talking about faithful fathering, but I have to, I have to realize that this doesn't always just, just relate to fathering. There could be fathers, sons, mothers, daughters, all of us have this opportunity to be with the Father, to be with Him in a closeness, a nearness that He allows us, He guides us through His Word, and He allows us the permission to do, go out and make disciples. That's messy business. And He does that, and He tells us we do it all for the love of others. All of it. And you must understand, it's not... Christ standing at the finish line, seemingly for some of us it may feel like that, that Christ seems to be standing at the finish line saying, come, come, come. But rather Christ is right beside us, right there with us. As we go into the obstacles of life, as, the, as we go into the things, we have to realize that the, the Father God is with us all the time. He has the love right there waiting for us. And some verses come to mind as I close some things, some thoughts. I'm going to invite the worship team up because you guys can come up so long. Um, first one was John 16. It says, I've told you these things. He told us these things, the things that he's actually written down. He tell you these things so that you may have peace in me. In this world, you will have troubles, but take heart. I have overcome this world. Because some of us, we reach that point in our lives where we feel like it, um, in Romans 8, we have this, this time where it actually says that it feels like sometimes we are like sheep sent amongst the wolves. And we get to this point where in Romans 8, we realize that it's not just about that. It's about the love of God. Because in Romans 8, 37 to 39, which is my last verse, and it says this, it says that in all things, you are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So just in, in closing, we, we have to understand that God is with us. He's giving us the guidance that is the nearness of Christ with us all the time. He gives us the permission to, to do life with each other. 
and to be with one another and to make the mistakes, but to know that Christ is always there in the service of love. And so are we. Whatever position or situation you find yourself in, this, this should push us rather instead of being just faithful fathers, just faithful servants in Christ. So I want to close off with that, and let's just pray as we close that. Lord, we just thank you that we can just come to you boldly to know that you're a God who listens and a God who hears our prayers. You're a God that is with us faithfully. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, so we know that we can boldly go out and put our love on the line for you. Lord, we thank you for for the lessons we've learned from our earthly fathers, but we thank you most of all for the lessons you gave us as Christ Jesus on the cross to realize that this is an opportunity to love on other people. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity now to to go into worship and to thank you for, for knowing that we are here for you. We are here for you, knowing that Christ, that as we, as we sing and as we worship, as we boldly approach you, we may honestly know that this is all for you. Lord, we just pray now as, as, this, as this message sinks in and as this message takes roots in our life, Lord, we just pray that you may nurture it. May you uh, be with every ear that is heard, Lord, that this will be an opportunity for us to grow deeper in your love. We thank you for that, Lord, and we just pray that you just continue with us now as we go into worship. May we just earnestly seek your face in a whole new way. Pray this in your loving name, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen.